0: Oh, yes! Here we go. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here, Jaja, homie, my uh, main uh, man. Uh, Quickly, uh, before, uh, before uh, the
1: separatists uh, attack, get into the escape uh, pod. Hey, this is escape, then we're the pods. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to star wars escape pod and another week another week gone by with uh, star wars the bad batch which we're gonna get into this week as uh, episode six i believe it is called tribe and uh on another note we got some cool news from star wars celebration more guests announced recently and uh a new book coming out by ek johnson so we'll talk about things uh things as such as well as star wars visions volume two all the episode titles announced star wars games and board games pre and post disney era we got a bunch of stuff on the roster today and joining us is your co-host blake in the podcast so let's get into the show and start chatting star wars Another happy landing. All right, here we are again. Welcome back, sir.
0: Hey, good to be back as always. Very exciting. Yeah. Another another day, another episode, you know?
1: That's right. Yeah, we saw the return of a very, um, well, I wouldn't say prominent, but just, you know, like a recognizable character from the Clone Wars, which we were introduced to in season four, I think it was. Gunji. Was this season four? Yeah, I think it was like season four or something, yeah.
0: I always think it's earlier than that, but you know why? It's probably cause I usually skip one and a half seasons.
1: Right. Yeah. Anytime you do the binge, you always skip two, two seasons out of the, out of the six or, uh, or the seven. Uh,
0: I, I just find season one doesn't have a lot of episodes that I really like. Like it, to me, it didn't hit its stride, you know, like same as I'm rewatching like the Simpsons or South park. I never watch the early seasons.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, there's a few episodes here and there that I actually like, like out of season one, like quite a bit, but I, I know what you're talking about. I know and like, there's definitely a fair few in there that are like less than, less than mediocre, <laughs> I guess. You yeah. Know? And
0: you know what? I bet I would watch it more if they're in chronological order, because I'm too lazy to look up a list and skip around.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And I, I think that's the biggest downside when doing Clone Wars, like for anyone going through the show, like chronological is definitely the recommended way of doing it um and you also do get a bit more variation when going back and forth like cuz you are flipping between the first 3 seasons for quite a while so it does break mm-hmm. up season 1 a bit more um but if you just kind of binge season 1 as a solid season in release order uh really there's only like a handful of episodes that are kind of good uh one of them is like r- <laughs> rookies which is the uh the episode that introduced mm-hmm. echo and and fives and uh, you know
0: which is one of the biggest culprits for being in the wrong order. He, he,
1: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there, there was that one, which was pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed Trespass, which is the one with uh, the talls, you know, and the... Um, oh, yeah. The, the Winter. Yeah, that that one was mm-hmm. pretty cool.
0: It's, the ones you're naming are all the ones I remember. Yeah. There was a handful that... The, I- Maybe just watch them less frequently or they're just more forgettable.
1: The, the Ryloth uh, arc at the very end as well, which was pretty cool. They, it started off, the first episode was like a space episode. And then the second one was introduced Cham Syndulla. And the Techno mm-hmm. Union Watt Tambor came into the show and they had Mace Windu and everything like that. Uh, sorry, that was the third one. Uh, the second one was with Obi-Wan and introduced Waxer and Boyle. And they, uh, it, they were introduced to, uh, who, uh, what's her name again? The little Twi'lek girl. Um. Uh, does uh, she yeah. have a name? Numa, just... Numa, that's the one. Numa, yeah, she does have oh, a okay. name because she showed up in Rebels and she was like, you know, talking and. Oh she had... man, I didn't know that was the same character. Yeah, yeah. So you know, lots of connections there. But that was a pretty cool arc. And then the finale to season one was just hostage hostage crisis. I've always liked that one a lot. I think that one's the standout for the season for me, which is uh introducing Cad Bane to star wars fans and uh it was an attempt to rescue zero the hut from the republic prison and they held all the senators hostage in the building and anakin didn't have his lightsaber because he had that whole uh, fling moment with padme in her in her office and gave uh, her his lightsaber and said this weapon is my life and you know i'm giving right. it to you sort of thing got and, him in trouble yeah yeah so i really like that one too that one's actually pretty good but um yeah uh, you know, speaking of which, actually, I think that was, that was the highest viewed episode of the season, according to Wikipedia. So there you go. I go, oh, other than the premiere and the second episode. right? <laughs> so it's yeah, the third, sorry, the third highest viewed episode <laughs> in the U S what about the movie? <laughs> where's, the, where's the movie? Um, that's a good question. Actually. Um, that's, that's not on here. Cause it's, it's not, it, it doesn't go by TV viewers. So I think the, the, the count is different, but as we know, it made um, some money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it broke even or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I hate to slam Clone Wars because I love that show. It's my favorite Star Wars animated show ever, but um, it's not perfect like anything else. You know, I mean, it's it's it had its it had its start, right? But uh, look where it ended up. Yep, so. so true. And uh, you know, it could be Bad Batch as well. I mean, like you know, we're we're gonna get into an episode today in which I'm not overly fond of, but uh but you know what? I mean, again, it's just one of those things it's like the show will go on and I'm convinced it'll get better. It's gonna find its footing. They're gonna figure these characters out and we're gonna get better arcs in the future. So uh run out of episodes is to do that. That's the issue, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate to think the dragging the show on to try and make it like seven seasons long or whatever, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um so uh first off I should have started with this uh by the time this episode of our podcast premieres uh we are celebrating today star wars podcast day in uh, 2023 which show uh, our first uh star wars podcast day celebration episode was last year and uh, we somehow missed the one before that but uh this is the third inaugural star wars podcast day so uh for those who don't miss the Q. yeah
0: <laughs> when you announce it you're supposed to play the Celebration music from *And the Phantom Menace*.
1: Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah! I totally, I totally missed that. You know, uh, <laughs> I didn't have it ready to go. <laughs> no man, come on! All this prep time. Yeah, yeah. Got uh, put use. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if so, so for those who don't know, uh this special fan occasion—it's uh, the 24th anniversary this year of Jedi Talk. Which was the very first Star Wars related podcast, which premiered back in February seventh, nineteen ninety nine, before the Phantom Menace saw its release in theaters. How crazy is that? Uh, that Star Wars podcasts have been around since before the prequel trilogy <laughs> by a couple months, but you know, still, still, still counts, still counts. Still, yep, yeah, this was before uh, man, man ninety nine. That dude, people, that's were still... early
0: days for yeah. podcasting.
1: It is. Yeah. I mean, uh, 1999, that, that would have been podcasting, uh, you know, uploading your tracks to a website, hoping people would find it. Um, I mean like this was before the iPod really kind of got going. Um, and your gear, I feel like you'd have
0: to have proper studio recording gear for it to be any level of quality.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, uh, that's that's a big one too now anyway now so many people have the accessibility and the technology to run a podcast from their phone and just you know coast with that there's so many well-made pieces of software out there you know anyone with a with a laptop can start up a podcast and again it doesn't need to sound superb quality you know so long as your your content is entertaining and people are listening I mean then then you can consider it successful right so Um, yeah so true yeah so i mean here we are among among like four thousand other star wars podcasts on the internet and (laughs) i don't know how many of them are celebrating um star wars podcast day but uh, all of them i'd hope (laughs) i I would hope yeah i would hope a whole bunch yeah you know more and more each year right so um uh, anyone listening out there uh you know thank you again for tuning into star wars escape pod which is our star wars podcast but if you do want to find more star wars podcast day results on google or any other participating star wars podcast you can use the hashtag uh hashtag star wars podcast day 2023 or swpd 2023 Uh, but if you do go and check any of those out promise us you'll be back because uh we do love you here on star wars escape pod uh drop five stars (laughs) that's right yeah (laughs) drop five stars and uh leave us a review on spotify or 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 apple Podcasts. that helps us out a lot helps us the algorithms helps us uh kind of uh, keep the name visible uh, in in the haystack of of four thousand plus Star Wars podcasts at this point. So uh, it does does wonders. Trust Dang. me, it does wonders. Um, right, cool. So uh, the Bad Batch season two episode six, Tribe. Um, I'll do the summary just like last time. You know, again, wasn't a super in depth episode, so we'll just talk about our opinions on on the episode, and uh, we don't need to spend the whole episode uh, of star wars podcast day talking about this but uh, here we go the bad batch meets the vanguard axis for a job until omega ends up helping gunji a Wookiee jedi youngling escaped from uh, his cartel captors and intending to return him to his home the bad batch finds kashik being ravaged by a group of trandoshan mercenaries working for the empire after winning a local tribe's trust the clones join the wookiees and the indigenous wildlife in their fight against their imperial opponents. The aggressors are eventually defeated and Gunji is reunited with his people. Uh, so that's the episode. It was pretty simple, pretty straightforward. It reintroduced Gunji from the Clone Wars back into, uh, animated Star Wars. And, we knew um, he was
0: coming due to the trailer. Yeah. We did advertise that. That's it was pretty point. obvious that it was going to be
1: him. Yeah. Yeah. So the one, this episode rolled around, was like, all right, this is the Gunji episode. Um, but yeah, uh, Vanguard Axis, um, you know, mm-hmm. the, one of the highlights for me of this episode, that was really cool. I loved the design of the space station. I loved the idea that there's like a, a gangster robot gang. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, I was wondering what was going on
1: with that. So like, yeah. is this is that new canon? I guess so. I guess so. I, I mean, I, I wasn't entirely sure. I don't recognize the name of it, um, but... what if they're
0: like a front for something, like because they're all droids, right?
1: Yeah, it could have been could have been a front for something. Um but uh, you know, it, you know if you google Vanguard Axis, you know nothing comes up. So I imagine it's just kind of like a a new thing to to Star Wars. It says um oh, this page was yeah, like made 8 days ago or something. So, you know, this, this is the first canon appearance of anything as such. Uh, but I do love the mm-hmm. idea that there's droids smart enough out there that they've kind of just come together and built other droids with their own programming and, you know, made themselves, you know, a thing, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, that
0: was pretty cool too. Cause like, how did they first start? That's like, was there a gangster that had a droid that he programmed and then went rogue or exactly. he died and it took over or exactly. did maybe a droid just live so long that, and cause you know, they like R2, if the memories aren't wiped, they eventually basically gain their own consciousness. Yeah, and then maybe decide that's the route it should go like yeah. yeah i don't know the whole concept to me is pretty cool and i thought it was worth mentioning that there's actually um spoilers for anyone who's planning to play kotor 2 there's a a like a a uh like, what, like a crime syndicate? That's what I'm looking for. The, right. There's a crime syndicate that you find out it's revealed that their leader is a rogue AI that was programmed to save Tilo, the planet Telos. And the only way that the computer program, the AI, was able to figure it out was to get enough money to uh, basically re- replant the planet and also was going to just die from uh, the, the Sith attack in the previous game. And to get the money, the republic couldn't afford it, so it itself made a crime syndicate to sell drugs and get the income to save the planet.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's, so, that sounds somewhat kind of well. I don't want to compare that to like the very very tame kind of kids version oh, no. of like, but no, I mean, no.
0: but. Just the concept of some like computer going rogue, or like a droid going rogue and like right. doing like making its own crime syndicate—I I just find fascinating
1: and super cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I do. I did. I did love that a lot. I think that was probably my most favorite part of this entire episode, to be honest. Uh, so I hate to kind of throw away the the, the positivity cards so fast, but <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean. Yeah, uh, so Ganji is back. Uh, Anyone who doesn't remember Ganji, uh, you can watch the, uh, I I believe it's called The Gathering Arc from Star Wars The Clone Wars, and uh, you'll get three episodes of of Ganji action. It's a story arc in which Ahsoka goes with Master Yoda to Ilum, accompanying a group of uh, younglings, and uh, they all uh, go into the caves of Ilum to get their first lightsaber crystal. And uh, the story arc follows after that initial mission um and uh, pirates end up raiding their their ship and it's uh, master Yoda, i believe is not with them at this time and uh, but ahsoka is and it's basically ahsoka and the younglings versus a bunch of pirates and then uh they got cu- they get caught up in like a bunch of stuff and eventually uh, grievous comes after them and like there's a whole bunch of shenanigans that kind of happens so it's, it's pretty cool um and i guess now we know you know gungy from the trailer obviously Gunji survived the purge um so it makes me wonder like where he was you know during the whole order 66 business um i guess being a youngling he wouldn't yeah. have had a jedi master like no one would have been personally teaching him other than yoda uh, so it makes well, me wonder. Well, it's
0: questionable. Like he, I don't, if he was old enough, we don't actually know his age. He might've been taken on as a, a early apprentice. Yeah. The
1: just the way that the summary kind of still describes him as a youngling just kind of tells me that because he's not a Padawan, he, no one's taken him on yet. Right. But so, I feel
0: like that makes it harder. Cause then how would he have survived order 66? Cause he would he not have been... It would have been like Riva temple.
1: Yeah. So it would have been like Riva from Kenobi, right? Like her and her friends were kind of running through the temple and there was Jedi masters trying to protect them and shield them from clones and stuff. So I imagine gunji was probably somewhere in the temple. Some, you know, maybe, uh, possibly, you know, able to kind of get out before, before all the, the craziness started. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Like like I guess maybe that's a story that we'll get eventually, but it's actually kind of intriguing to me that there's more younglings like more and more as the canon has gone by, um Disney has kind of or slash the new canon of Lucasfilm has kind of introduced us to more survivors of the purge. Because before all this, you know, we didn't have it, we didn't have confirmation that Ahsoka survived, right? Before Disney um took over, Clone Wars was a thing, but we didn't know what happened to Ahsoka, right? So, you know, now we have Ahsoka that survived. Now we have Cal Kestis. You know, now we have, uh, like, Ezra Bridger, Kanan Jarrus, um, all the Inquisitors, which were previously Jedi, right? Like, there's all these different... Now we got Gunji, you know? So there's all these characters well, that are it, like, wow. Like, I like that they're doing Gungi. that. Yeah. Because
0: they're... originally we're all just assuming that they were all killed, but there was Mm -hmm. like tens of thousands of Jedi. So I think the fact that they were all killed seems like a bit of a stretch to me.
1: Right. It does seem unlikely. Yeah. So I'm definitely not saying I'm like, I don't dislike that at all, but it's, it's, it is actually, it is kind of interesting that, that we are getting, you know, more reveals that like, you know, these people or these characters have survived somehow. And, you know, maybe now they're trying to find a a new path to kind of live in the galaxy without, without their, family without their home you know everything that they've ever known and gunji being such a young wookie uh you know he's got a huge long lifespan ahead of him so you know that opens up some possibilities like maybe we'll get some sequels to the sequels and maybe Ganji will be like a character, right? Like so
0: I don't know if I could deal with that much Wookiee growling. Too way, too a many whole, Wookies? Yeah. whole season of it.
1: Wookiee and Gunji like pair up. Oh my gosh. I've got enough <laughs> of the audiobooks, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what did you not like about this episode? Because I can I can share what I but I want to hear what you didn't like about this episode.
0: I would like to have seen more of the uh, like knowing that the Empire is soon going to have a massive slave trade on Kashyyyk I'd like to see more of the beginnings of that mm-hmm. um, as far as you know being on Kashyyyk and what potential could have happened in this episode but the other thing cause like, I, I feel like I like this episode more than you did there was I thought being there and seeing the the uh, relationship between the Trandoshan slavers and the Empire was actually pretty cool I think yeah. that, like that's, that was a step in the direction uh, I wanted it to go at the same time, it did feel a little treaded on. Uh, I know we got the spiders again, which was basically just right out of Rebels. It's almost identical to what happened in, in that series.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: As far as, like, gripes, though, uh, I do feel like we've got a lot of filler episodes in a row.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll backpedal it just a bit. Like, I, I did appreciate the whole Trandoshan-Imperial pair-up sort of thing. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought that was like neat
0: because it was almost like, to me, that was building on why the
1: Empire started the, the Wookiee slave trade to begin with. Totally. Yeah, totally. It, it really it really does kind of shed some more light on what's actually going on in Kashyyyk. And it also does uh, paint a really good picture as to why Black Chrysanthemum hates Trandoshan so much. So anyone who's like saw the Book of Boba Fett and was kind of confused by why he tears off the limbs of that Trandoshan in... in uh, um, uh garza flips uh saloon you know uh mm-hmm. it's pretty much just b- b- because the trandoshans are have a thing with wookies right like they're just constantly either hunting them or killing them or selling them in a slave trade or whatever and in black chrysanthemum's case the trandoshans uh i believe it was trandoshans um took him and sold him into the um gladiator business so he really has a thing against Trandoshans, so um, that's that's most Wookiees, though. <laughs> uh, that's true. So it does it does shed a bit of light well, on that. For there's
0: sure. there's even a little more to it than that because even prior to the Empire being on planet, uh, the Trandoshans have always because their their the Trandosha is their neighboring planet, and they for um, you know thousands whatever millennia they would do hunting parties, which is kind of. Like the trend ocean lifestyle, they're they're all like hunters, right? So they would they would go to Kashyyyk and try to hunt big game, which was the Wookiees, and they would capture them and, and skin them and sell their their furs. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like the fur trade, but with Wookies, which is
1: crazy. Yeah, which is pretty nuts because like if you think about it, like that's just another like race of alien in the galaxy. That's just like as yeah, equal they're as they sentient. are, right? Yeah. So it's pretty pretty. Vile, you know, pretty gruesome. I think when you think about it, but mm-hmm.
0: um, well, Trend Oceans are not a good species, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that we can agree. The on. vast,
0: the vast majority. That's not to go on a tangent here, but that's always why I thought it was super weird that one of the uh in the high Republic novels, the current uh, Chancellor's Trend Ocean.
1: Is it the current chancellor? I know there's a Jedi that's I think a so. ocean. There's a the skier. Is that
0: too? Am I getting yeah. it wrong? Ski, okay. Skier, the Jedi. Yeah. as a, tra- as yeah. a trend ocean uh, as there, well.
1: There is, yeah. There's and the, well, and there's let's a female not forget, though. Uh, Sid is also there's... like Sid from the Bad Batch is also a ocean I mean, it's um, easy to forget that too. But uh, I guess like not all of them are bad. I guess, but it is kind of like the
0: a, their historical like lifestyle
1: right yeah yeah. their home planet is generally uh not favorable rough (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah um so yeah no i would i would uh i would agree with you in the sense as well that this episode is just more filler and um i i wasn't a huge fan of that i really want to get back to the main story of crosshair and you know like what happened with cody uh what's going on on that that planet that we saw the the kaminoan scientist lady get dropped off at you know the big training facility where they're they're training all the tk units by uh, the republic commandos or oh yeah you know like like i cool i want to get back to that stuff right and i just did they wrap that up no no that's the thing it's like left open-ended you know in a way that like season one ended that way that was like the very last scene it's like okay cool you know, season two is going to pick up that story, and so far we're like a quarter way into the season. Crickets, yeah. and um, or even just over a quarter at least, and and yeah, and it's still like, what's going on, right? Like we're two episodes away from the halfway point, so I'm a little cur- I'm a little intrigued as to where they're going with this. I mean, yes, it's cool to see little like stories like this every now and again, but like you said, it's like, you know, do they really have to cram all the filler episodes in in a row? you know like it's just i don't know it, it just it doesn't really agree with me too much right
0: no fair enough
1: so um yeah i mean um but i think that covers like <laughs> our uh, so let's let's do the uh, the rating shall we
0: <laughs> the- oh, hold on i got i got some notes we can go over oh yeah sure sure yeah yeah uh, we talked about a few of them here though um Yeah, a lot of it, the first half of my notes were all the droids are cool. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) synopsis.
1: (laughs) Yep, we we did that. We talked about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I thought the way they revealed uh, Gunji was actually pretty cool. That's true. true. Yeah. How uh, He was kind of like hidden, right? Like you just thought he was like another Wookiee slave in the the trade and kind of wasn't revealed until he uh, actually pulled his lightsaber from that droid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was true. pretty. I
0: thought that was pretty cool. But man, what is with uh, Omega just constantly wandering off and then getting everyone in trouble? Oh, man.
1: Like, <laughs> it's like every episode this happens. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's been a constant for her, hasn't it? Um,
0: yeah, I feel like there wouldn't be a storyline. They just like work and get paid if she wasn't around instead they work and never get
1: paid (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true actually anytime they take on a job it's like they never get money for it no they usually cost them yeah yeah see like it's cool to do stories like this where you have a bunch of people trying to make their way you know mercenary whatever you want to call them um and yeah they're protagonists so they will do you know relatively like the right the right thing or the jobs that'll, you know, be kind of morally in the, in the, you know, direction of, of what makes them a protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, okay, wh- what are they actually doing to survive? Cause like, you know, in order for me to kind of buy into the story a bit more, there's gotta be some, some consequences right like just there's but there isn't any like so far we haven't had them get paid for a single job in (laughs) all of season two How how
0: (laughs) is word not gotten out that these guys are not good to work with they haven't finished a single job and they always botch it yeah i I feel like word would have gotten out in the crime community you know criminal underworld like hey don't work with these
1: clones (laughs) <laughs> they're going to botch your job. Yeah, they're going to mess it up in favor of, you know, saving an is- innocent person or, or, or something like that, right? You know?
0: Why are they- yeah, you would think that if you're going to be doing this sort of work, you would have a, a bit of a skewed moral compass.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I mean, like, okay, so, so like as a tally, f- you know, for season two tally of successes and failures... Uh, the first two episodes was the whole Dooku thing, and they didn't get a scrap a piece of treasure from that. So that was a yeah. that was a bust, right? And that, then, that
0: could have paid huge. I'm surprised uh, not a single piece. Sid of treasure. Sid didn't like
1: execute them or sell them after that. That was, that was a lot of coin wasted. Yep, yep. And then the third episode was the sol- solitary clone. So we we didn't see the bad batch in that episode, and it was mostly just about Crosshair and Cody. Uh, super great episode. Um, but then we got the faster episode so that was also like okay half the bad batch is gone on a mission we didn't end up getting the results of that mission that the other guys went on but at least they were able to save Sid's life when she had a bad bet (laughs) and then so I don't know I guess that's like a neutral I guess I'm gonna call that a neutral like this they they saved the day from someone who uh kind of dug their own hole a little bit.
0: Yeah. I feel like they had to do an episode like that because why else would she keep them around? They don't
1: right. pay you anything. Yeah, exactly. And then the so next episode the next episode, it was entombed and they lost the treasure. You know, when we had that big huge <laughs> mech monster. And they were mm-hmm, after that crystal right. with the treasure hunting, uh the treasure hunting lady. And um then they botched that one as well. The crystal gets destroyed and oh they got a good story out of it. And then now this, now like the whole business transaction that they had, you know, not like only the simplest job, Dude, you just drop it off and you leave. Not only did they lose the stuff that tech made like those, 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 uh, Imperial, uh, chain code chips, but, uh, mm-hmm. but they didn't get paid for the job. And then they ended up going out of their way as, as protagonists would to deliver this Wookiee Jedi back to his home world. But it's like that that we're almost at the halfway point. They haven't seen a single credit. You know, it's like, where's this going? <laughs> I don't know. Getting,
0: no wonder they were so happy to eat all the drink, all the Wookiee juice and eat their food because they probably haven't eaten in forever. You yeah. can't
1: afford anything. Yeah, no, it's that's that's so true. Um, I don't know if it's just a mistake on the Wikipedia, but there's two episodes scheduled for February 8th. So just as a random, like flash forward news, news thing, um, this Wednesday, there might be two episodes of the bad batch dropping on the same night, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know if that's super accurate or not, or maybe this whole schedules bunk, but, um, but yeah. Uh, keep your eyes peeled because we might get two two more episodes dropping on Wednesday, which tells me that maybe there's an actual arc. Oh, two for it make it make it worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be two leaving on a cliffhanger, tying into a third one, maybe like that'd be that'd be cool. Because we're at the halfway point, so now we're I think I think the worst is behind us in terms of kind of slower episodes, right? Um
0: Maybe that's why they did it, so then everything else would be super, you know... But then it's like, why have that. those
1: stories in the first place, right? It's like, because... Well, I mean, there's,
0: there's cool world building and stuff. I mean, we got this new Detroit thing, and I think that's awesome. It's true.
1: It's, tr- it's true. Like, it's true.
0: Think of the RP potential now for the next role-playing game.
1: That's That's a good point. That That's a good point. I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah, because prior to that, there was just, the th- like, the three
1: different syndicates, right? It's that, three. That and is it's true. four. All right. Let's, uh, let's do some Pablo, uh, Pudu Pablo point rating system. All right. This deal is getting worse all the time. <laughs> all right. So new to 2023 onwards, we have a new rating system in town. If those of you who didn't join us last week, uh, we're either giving three Pablo points or three Pablo Pudus, and if it's in the middle, you give it a Bendu. So uh, three out of three Pablo points is like the best, the best. Uh, three Pablo Pudus is the worst, the worst. Bendu's right in the middle. You know, a, a, a single Pablo point might be just kind of all right, but but you know, not a three kind of thing. So that's that's how the system works. Um, what's your what's your rating system on this, Blake?
0: Hmm. It's tough because there's some cool stuff in here, but i still I feel like if they if they spaced out the filler episodes, I'd be more in favor. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard to give it an accurate, uh, given an, like an, an accurate um, review because it's a little bit tainted by that. I yeah. guess if I ignored the fact that we've got like four filler episodes in a row. If not more than that, I would say it's on the the better side of the filler episodes, as far as what we've had in Star Wars before. Like I, I, I enjoyed this more than a lot of like, the Rebels filler episodes, for example.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I would say I think I give it at the highest potential, like one Pablo point, maybe a neutral. Okay, I'll give it one Pablo point. I'll, I'll be I'll be favorable.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's all right. I mean, you know, got a, got a plus, a plus one there. Um. So for me, I'm a little torn on this because I, I I do want to give it one Pablo point, but I feel like they, they made a bad call when it came to multiple, uh, multiple filler, if you want to call it filler yeah. episodes in a row. So I, I got to give it a Bendu, but I'm not going to go as bad as a poo do on this one. I think there was <laughs> some stuff to value and uh, you know, a few things that we we were able to appreciate there it wasn't all bad, so I'm um, giving it a Ben. Do it's right in the middle, right in the balance point,
0: <laughs> right the right in the balance. That's right. <laughs>
1: that's right. Right. Um. So yeah, that's uh that's the Bad Batch season two episode six. Everybody, and um, now it's time for some Star Wars news. I was definitely waiting for the Lance speeder. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, we have a few headlines to talk about today. And uh, number one is new Star Wars Celebration guests, which is pretty exciting. So, um, you know, Star Wars Celebration, good time to be alive. Um, New guests include Ming-Na Wen, known for playing Fennec Shand in The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Uh, i always wondered why she wasn't on the original
0: announcement list
1: yeah they tend to space it out i don't know why they space it out because quite frankly the tickets are sold out anyway so there's no yeah, point exactly right like, yeah <laughs> it's like could you imagine waiting because the person you wanted to see was in there and then it was sold out because they delayed the announcement
0: even though they knew like months ahead of time <laughs> i would be so upset
1: <laughs> yeah that would that would be uh, my theory is they probably just can't lock down their calendar right away and they probably just have like x amount of dates where you have to kind of confirm with them whether or not you're going and then they just kind of pool those confirmations together just so that they can keep up the announcements for pr related material um, right so because that's all we're getting out of star with celebration right now before before celebration takes place that's all they can talk about is who's coming so they they want it to be like a, a you know progressive build-up i guess so uh ming na wen is coming uh, Eunice uh, Suota- Suotimo, uh f- might be botching that. That's the actor who plays um, Chewbacca ever since uh, Peter Mayhew gave up the role. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah, uh, Gwendolyn Christie, who plays Captain Phasma, will be there as well. Uh, Matthew Wood, the voice of General Grievous and all the battle droids. Um, you'll also know him as one of the the head honchos of Skywalker Sound. And uh, Silas Carson, um, who played Kiadi Mundi in the prequels, will be there as well. That's cool. Yeah, and Aiden Cook, who plays Two Tubes from Rogue One and Andor, I believe, uh, who's the—he's the guy that wears the mask, who's like Saw Gerrera's kind of partisan partisan guy oh man yeah and i didn't even
0: know the guy had a name <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> the character
1: yeah two tubes that's a pretty kind of background character star wars name i mean it's you yeah know.
0: But it was a cool character though because i remember what he looked like. Uh, like i thought the design
1: of his character was super cool it is yeah yeah um yeah he's the one that's like dark cool yeah, rah, rah, rah. you know it's <laughs> like that one <laughs> yeah yep i remember and then Bodie rooks like <laughs> like
0: I give it to them. I give it to them. <laughs> I don't understand, man. You got you to gotta stop using those tubes. <laughs> Lies. Can't hear you.
1: Deceit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a bit, yeah, you know, it reminds of two tubes. That's like, paint, you know, uh, Prune Face. It's another background <laughs> background character name that fans just kind of awarded the name to, to somebody. I don't think his actual name is two tubes. I don't. I've never read it anywhere in a book. Um, oh, okay. But, uh. Well, yeah. because of characters like Prune Face,
0: like. Like, there's, there's other because I think, yeah, like I said, Pruneface is a, a fan. No, that was his real name. Never mind. I was gonna say that's a fan oriented name, but that was actually his
1: name, yeah, on the
0: action figure. Yeah, so that, that's a legitimate character, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pruneface, yeah, yeah. No, it's like so, it's, it's, a,
1: it's an official name that came from the fan community and it's just, you know, they just ran with it, right?
0: Okay, that's what's going on. I,
1: I think that's yeah, what this Who is. knows? Yeah, I think that's what this maybe
0: is. Maybe that maybe that was two tubes as well, then, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that would be funny. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. So uh, next up on the list is uh, ooh, Solo. So uh, fans of Solo will uh, will know that we uh, we did not get a sequel to Solo yet, and we when we won't. Uh, <laughs> so sorry to let, sorry to kill the party, uh, but um, yeah, no. Uh, the story continues in a new novel by the author E.K. Johnson, who is uh, most famously the author who wrote the Ahsoka novel, as well as... Um, i blanking on it. Uh, definitely, she definitely wrote something else. The Padme Trilogy. The Padme Trilogy. Um, so, uh, she, comes, uh, she comes in writing a new book called The Crimson Climb, and it's a, it's a book starring Kira as the main character, and I believe this is about her ascension into crimson dawn and perhaps after solo takes place that would that's what would make sense to me um because what, when that left off she became the leader of the syndicate right because they killed yeah when what's his face Dryden voss yeah that's yeah. his
0: name i was gonna call him uh uh what block i'm blanking on his name now but the uh the character from iron man
1: right yeah so um yeah, uh, Vision, right? Uh, you mean Paul? Uh, Paul Bettany. Even yeah. older yeah. than that, I wasn't
0: even going to call him Vision. <laughs> I was going to call him uh... Jarvis. Jarvis, thank you. That's <laughs> yeah, what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was just a voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, He'll always
0: be Jarvis to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, after the death of Dryden Voss, uh, um, Kira has has kind of ascended into. Um, that position, and so maybe this book could be about her climb, you know, in terms of Crimson Dawn, which is, uh, as we know, the criminal organization led by Maul, um, and might fill in some gaps, because we don't really, that's the one part of Maul's story that we don't really have a clear picture on, is kind of what happens to Darth Maul between Solo and Rebels when he ends up, um, you know, on Malachor, in you know, kind of, Trapped there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he has to uh, dual Gunji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes Gunji on as an apprentice. Yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I have been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Carry on your way. Carry
0: I on. changed my mind <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand that infernal sound
1: <laughs> alright we got a new soundtrack called Obi-Wan Kenobi A Jedi's Return uh, from the composer Scott Michael Smith um, really nice soundtrack uh, by Scott Michael Smith and Michael Dean Parsons uh, this is the soundtrack that they, that they made for the Disney gallery behind the scenes of Obi-Wan Kenobi and um, I don't know if anyone saw that, and did you, you saw that? I'm assuming, right? I think it's the first I've heard of it, actually. Okay, all right. So it's it's a behind the scenes documentary about the series, and um, just kind of like the the makings of, and it's it's a single kind of hour long or 45 minute thing, and um, it's 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 pretty cool. It's pretty neat, and um, they actually did a full soundtrack just for this uh, this this look behind the curtain. So um, oh, cool. Yeah, I mean. It, it's not exactly like a in universe star wars soundtrack but Yeah, you know, and it
0: sounds a little bit witchery to me to be honest
1: yeah it's a bit more like a i guess it's supposed to kind of capture the essence of star wars but from like a behind the scenes kind of um, standpoint i guess you know okay um yeah, there's there's like another one here saying uh, there was one this one this one's pretty good like we are back um, I believe they played this one when they played a clip of Hayden at celebration. You know, doing doing his thing. Uh, I'll skip ahead a little bit. So, yeah, it's got some emotion to it.
0: A lot of emotion. I feel like someone's died. <laughs> Farewell, Hayden. Yeah. Farewell, Farewell Hayden. We Farewell. will remember you. <laughs> <laughs> will you remember me? Oh, man, that brings me
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's 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 uh, some Star Wars news. Oh, um, and I'm forgetting one more thing, of course. We have um, Star Wars Visions announced volume two episode titles and uh, the studios that are making them. So uh, let's take a look at this. The first one is called Sith, and that's by El, uh, El Giri, I guess. How do you pronounce that? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) Second second one's called Screechers Reach by Carton Saloon. And the third one is In the Stars by Punk Robot. Uh, Fourth one's called I Am Your Mother by Aardman. We got Journey to the Dark Head by Studio Murr. The Spy Dancer by Studio uh, Le, Le Chate. Um. The Bandits of Golak by 88 Pictures. Um, the Pit by De Art, uh Stagio, I think, <laughs> and Lucasfilm Limited. And the last one is um, A.U.'s Song by Triggerfish. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to those. I mean, uh, you know, we had a good time breaking down Volume 1 of Star Wars Visions last year, I believe it was, or, or two years ago. Two years ago now. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, was, it was a... Oh, a really good time I know. Uh, the the first season, if you can call it a season, of uh, anime they put out, I thought it was fantastic. There's a lot of really really unique storylines that I thought were uh, worthy of their own theatrical release. Honestly.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're looking forward to you know chatting about this. We'll uh, we'll be back on with uh, with Bryce and um, you know and and just kind of. Uh doing what we do, you know, talking about uh what makes what makes uh this series um uh awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's more yep, it's more Star Wars to talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um sweet. All right. So that covers uh pretty much all the news that we've got loaded up on there. Um let's get on to our next subject, which is uh games and board games, pre and post Disney era. Oh, man, that landing Peter. It's always late. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Taxi. <laughs> it's like when you call a cab and they're super late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, this man.
1: deal is getting worse all the time. We got that one all the time, all the time. Um, but yeah, it's uh, okay. So Disney games, Disney or uh, Lucasfilm games, pre, post Disney era. Um, I mean, you're the one who kind of suggested this this topic. Uh, yeah, I thought it'd be super cool just to talk about the comparison. Yeah, uh,
0: just to you know, like I thought we be gonna talk about like what we think of like quality pre and post Disney and and like. The, uh, the like release schedule of stuff we've received. Yeah. To see, I know we've talked briefly about it when we talked about specific games, but I thought it'd be nice to do a little more, a little bit of a deeper look at. Um, I guess if things are being handled the way we'd like it to be, or if we're happy with the direction the games are, the quality of games and stuff.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No. That's it's, it's a great subject because of course we have um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor right around the corner, which is a sequel to uh, what is it to. Two years ago, three years ago, for Jedi Fallen Order, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I think it's about right. Yeah, so this is kind of a really highly anticipated next-gen uh, Star Wars video game, which will be the first for next-gen consoles, I believe. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's one of those conversations. I think, like, just in general, uh, it's it's like a it's a topic in which, like, you know, pre pre Disney. We had so many Star Wars games, and there's there's been yeah,
0: that's why I wanted to talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, decades, decades worth of Star Wars games, and over the last almost ten years now, since Disney's owned the license, you know what, what, what is there? <laughs> like, it's I mean, weird. I don't yeah. know what it is, but Star Wars games have really kind of quietened, uh quieted down a little bit. Just like you know, it's like there's been a lot less of them, and a uh, lot less releases um you know so i mean just in general like like what like what, what are your thoughts on this exclusivity of the license that ea had for so long up until last year because that that was <sighs> last year is when it finally changed
0: yeah honestly i think it was just a corporate decision where disney's was like hey we don't want to handle this mm-hmm. so we'll let ea deal with it they have multiple studios we'll just give it to them and they'll just take care of it and we don't have to worry about it I think that's where the decision came from. Uh, and I think that... I think it was released because probably... Like, released from EA as a as a private deal. Because they weren't putting out enough games. Which I know is a common gripe amongst a lot of Star Wars fans. Like, I'm just looking here, going through a list of all the Star Wars games. And like there's, like, four or five games per year from, like, 1990
1: onward. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um... It, it it's it's crazy like how many there used to be uh not to mention the the rapid uh evolving of star wars uh, of of consoles you know permitted so many star wars games to come out in in a uh, very short amount of time i mean um you know if you just look at the period between the late 90s to uh to 2010 uh i mean we had uh I mean, there was there was so many things. There was, like, the all the Game Boys, the Nintendo DS, mm-hmm. the GameCube. Uh, you know, j- just an in, in incredible amount of, of... Maybe my timeline's off, but I think the Wii came out in that time as well. Uh, we had the original Xbox, Xbox yes. 360, uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, <laughs> yeah, PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. multiple consoles. I mean, like, so, I'm looking at the lead-up to the Phantom Menace releasing... And 97, 98, 99 all had at least five games. Right. And a lot of them are like big games, like Star Wars uh, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight. Uh, and then there's. Uh, oh, God, Uh Star Wars Rebellion came out right around then, uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Like it's not even just like they were throwing stuff at the wall. Like there's some stuff that admittedly I haven't played, but there's a number of games that even came out amongst like the, the uh, shotgun fire of games that were huge games that mm-hmm. I remember quite vividly, and everyone had a copy of it. Like it was they were quite popular.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's really um, it's kind of it's it's strange that uh, that things have taken a turn to exclusivity licenses because uh when multiple publishers all had the ability to do what they do i feel like we just got more more content right like more games um how is that a bad thing for for lucasfilm
0: you know it's just that's yeah, exactly it like yeah the, the only other thing i could think of that is causing the uh, drastic change of pace is pro- games probably take a lot more dev work development time before release just to get the high level of graphics and everything everyone's expecting like that's right there's a lot more uh, work on that end games were a lot simpler than 90s and early 2000s yeah but this going from minimum two games a year to one game every three years I just I, like that has cut it like Come on guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, and you know, it, this, this also kind of plays into, I so I, I can understand them doing this for the sake of, um, maybe like story narrative, like obviously, you know, approaching it from the the standpoint that they have to do all of these campaigns that take place within the Canon. I get it. It's a bit to juggle when you have so many different publishers kind of all doing their own thing. Um, But at the same time, it's like, you know, that's why they have the story group, right? Like, that's what they do, what they do. So just like hire more people, make it bigger. You know, there's always a way to do it, right? And so Mm -hmm. I just don't get, if that's the concern, why give one single license to EA and not to other people? Like, why not just say, okay, EA, here's, here's a license for two years, make a good game within that time period or, or whatever, you know, and we can renew if the time comes, you got a mobile game on the market. That's doing pretty well. We'll, we'll renew it when we get there. In the meantime, we'll give the license out to this studio over here, which is interested in making a game like this. Um, it fits our story in this time period. You know, they could, they could stack the games in a way that they do with the shows, right. Or the movies. Um, you know, multiple different creative teams all doing different stories, and at the end of the day, they all come together. And only recently did they start doing that. You know, Bethesda's doing their Star Wars game. Uh, you know, Respawn slash EA is doing theirs, and uh, you know, I'm pretty sure there's like a third player somewhere that's that's um, I think it was like Massive or something like that. I think is doing doing one as well. But you know, now now we got some variation. But for for the longest time, it's like, dang, okay, Battlefront wait battlefront 2 wait
0: yeah squadrons too
1: you know squadrons and then jedi fallen order okay now it's picking up wait wait (laughs) like like, like, this is like man i just i don't know how much more i can take like i remember growing up on star like there were so many people who were introduced to star wars because of games right like if you ask
0: no for sure ask i know during the droughts of films, like it was games that really kept me involved as a Star Wars fan. Because I didn't read a lot of novels till after I was done in high school. Right. It's like stuff like Force Unleashed. Like, if it wasn't for that, I probably would be a Lord of the Rings fan right now instead of a Star Wars fan. Not right. to say the only Lord of the Rings.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's it's true. I mean, and, and also it's like some kids even even get introduced to Star Wars because of the games, right? Like maybe their first exposure to Star Wars is the Lego game or. Um, yeah, could you know, Oh man, that's the other thing, too,
0: was a uh, yeah, like Star Wars Lego was the other thing that kept me involved. It was really those two things. Yep. Uh, simultaneously, they kept my interest
1: yep yeah exactly because
0: i didn't watch the animated series so years later you know that's one thing that you that kept you involved as a fan for a long time
1: yeah it, it it did and um yeah another another thing is is um the uh i mean the mobile the mobile game market is really kind of uh i hate to say it's taken a bit of a, a decline nintendo's we we've talked about the switch on a previous episode, I believe. But um, yeah, you kind of you kind of got a sore spot for the switch. I do, I, I do, I do, <laughs> I right do man. I, okay, like here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I, it's not like I hate the switch or anything, right? Like, like I like it. It's fun. It's a good time with friends. But like, it really killed the handheld business right? Market. like it's just Damn. like it just took a sledgehammer to the nintendo ds and what came before it which was like the game boys and um i mean you know not to say like i'm i'm sure that 3ds kind of played a part in in killing itself but uh but it really just kind of comes down and it's like the processing pair of the switches is, is definitely you know more than the ds but at the same time you know, look what the Switch did to the consoles as well. I mean, it was basically just a Wii U that they kind of ditched the external box and now you can play it anywhere kind of thing and then like detach the sides and now you got two controllers. So it's like, you know, it it evolved from the Wii U, but uh, look how the Wii became the Switch and how different it is. And, you know, couch gaming is no longer the same for Nintendo fans because of the Switch but neither, right. race, neither is handheld either, right? And they used to coexist at one point. So you had, um, you had kids on, on like a Game Boy, but then they were able to go to someone's house and like the GameCube was like also a new thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. had two different consoles by the same, you know, just more diversity, right? And then you had games for each of those things. So like the, yep. the, the Star Wars Attack of the Clones GBA game, you know, Game Boy Advance, like I was able to play that as well as Star Wars, uh, Attack of the Clones, the new droid army, great Game Boy Advance games, you know, if anyone still has a Game Boy or uses an emulator or whatever, uh, fantastic games. And, uh, and then if you went on, uh, the GameCube, you were able to play Star Wars, The Clone Wars, which was, you know, it was like a Geonosian arena style game, which was pretty cool. And you know there was also like the Lego games and you know so Ooh, many other things. That game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know there were so many different things that you could get. And and you know it's just to me these days it's like not only is Star Wars game slowed down because of maybe the licensing or whatever it is, but also I think it's in part because there's not enough uh, quick paced. Uh, leveling up of hardware for consoles and and hand, because mainly because handhelds mm. are just kind of gone at this point. If you if you do yeah. consider the Switch uh, a console and no, not a handheld, you can you, you know? can
0: blame that though partially on smartphones because people will just play games on their phone instead of buying a handheld gaming oh, device.
1: Yeah, but then here's the thing, right? Because like, so I look back at like maybe like the P- the PS Vita or like the PSP or something. There was a few Star Wars games mm-hmm. that came out on on PSP. And um yeah, I just Star Wars Renegade Squadron. Mm, yeah, like, like my fist. you can Never buy to play that. well yeah. <laughs> like you can buy Knights of the Old Republic as uh, as an app, right? In in the Google or Apple stores, you can buy it as an app for like twelve or eighteen dollars. It's the full game that they took, you know, from PC or whatever, just smushed it down into an application sized game, and you know that was that was it, right? And, uh, and n- now pretty much like how, how it works is, um, you know, you get those free to play apps where, you know, it's, it's just like a, it's like a, I don't know, you pick it up for a couple weeks and then you're done with it. Right. There's no story. There's no nothing. It's, it's all just mm. kind of like arena fights and, you know, like,
0: yeah, that's my issue too is, uh, excluding, um, you know, uh, Jedi fallen order. That's really all we get is these, uh games that really don't have any story to them they're just kind of button mash fighting games or filler games almost
1: exactly yeah you know and if someone has a hot take about this whole like handheld you know switch like death of star wars games and like anything like (laughs) that like you know just like start start you know start up a forum or something in our our discord server because like i'd like to uh I'd like to hear any other, like, you know, opinions about this because, like... Takes yeah. on it, yeah. yeah. Again, I don't I hate the Switch. It's just, like, you know, we we, def- we saw a whole death of, like, you know, gaming technology. And, and I think that's kind of, in a way, just helped kill off licensed games in a way. And also because a lot more developers these days are trying to do their own stuff. Like, you know, how many hmm. how many exclusives does PlayStation have? How many exclusives does, like xbox have and you know there's never going to be a star wars game that's just exclusive to like one console uh you know i know not
0: these days no that was a thing back in the day that's why i still haven't played star wars bounty Hunter because it was on playstation 2
1: yeah exactly yeah so that's that's a that's a thing right like it was on playstation and um and uh, i think it was on it was on gamecube as well but it it didn't all had
0: was an xbox it didn't show
1: up yeah yeah it didn't it wasn't it wasn't on xbox so like nowadays i feel like the only great example to compare is probably the knights of the old republic remastered for next gen playstation because that was only announced for playstation but that game has not seen any light of day since the announcement so
0: that's that's my other gripe is they keep announcing stuff and then just crickets until they quietly cancel it it's Oh yeah! Really
1: old. Oh, it's getting really old. It's old new. Yeah, you know that's another thing. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, what is going on these days? Like, it's just a different world that we live in, you know. Um, and then you know, it translates over to board games too. There was a lot of there was a lot more ingenuity in Star Wars board games back in the day. Um,
0: well, that being said, I do want to point out that I feel like the around the time of the early two thousands, there was a lot of board games that were unique like they're pushed out and they had unique rules but a lot of them were pretty janky and this isn't star wars exclusively i i remember i had an old lego bionicle board game that was just bizarre right so I, that was i think a bit of you know the times yeah but sometimes they're really good like i remember you had this weird one-off star wars board game that was around the prequels that was actually really good
1: yeah yeah i have uh, i have a few actually so um, one of them is is called Epic Duels, and uh, uh, that's the one I was thinking of. Was that yeah, one? Yeah, it came out before Episode Three was a thing, and um, so it only featured characters from the from the original trilogy and Episode One and Two. And it had you have a miniature with like a health card and a deck of cards, and it's a really small board, you know, checker style um, uh, kind of movement system. And, um, you know, you, 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 go around and you just essentially try to kill like the other players and that's pretty much it. But it was, it was cool because like, it was just unique and different and there's never been anything quite like it ever since. And there's, um, you know, while, while we're talking about it. You say it, that,
0: but I feel like that's where a lot of the, uh, current Star Wars games are, especially like, um, maybe the FFG games. There's even a little bit of like the combat system what we get with, uh, kind of like the Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, so that even that's more complicated than, than this game was like, it was like, uh, um, it was very simple, like you yeah. have an attack value. The other person's got a defense value if they want to use it on a card, maybe they don't have a card in which case they can't defend. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it works so simple. Like, like you can only fire your blaster in it, uh, diagonally or, or straightforward or backward or whatever, you know, not like Star Wars miniatures or, Maybe like Legion, where you have to use like mm. line, line of sight, which is what like a lot of war game, like uh, miniature war game games use. As right. far as like the rules, like all those are quite different. Like tabletop miniature army uh, games, like I would I would throw Legion in the mix. I would throw X-wing in the mix. I would throw what about Armada? Uh, oh.
0: Star Wars miniatures.
1: So, yeah, even that's pre-Disney, so that, um, that also uses line of sight. That game was around for a while. I love that game to death, but it's still not technically a board game. Um, but, you know, it, as far as, like, actual board, we're talking about this is a single box Like Monopoly, you just go to the store, you buy a box. It's all in one box. There's no expansions. There's no nothing, right?
0: Oh, you should do that. And then you can't count anything post-Disney because it all expansion games.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I mean, so yeah, even Imperial Assault, like that was an FFG Star Wars game. It was cool, but it also like it had a million expansions to it and it killed itself. And then uh, um, I've really enjoyed Outer Rim a lot. But again, that's a game where there's like a single box expansion to it. And it's just like the thing that games do. At least that's a game in a yeah. box, though, where you don't need to buy like that's, a million things. But
0: Again, uh, that's a generational thing, I think. Because even just like outside of heritage games like Monopoly have been around in, like a million years, yeah. they all have expansions. Yeah all, yeah. all these modern board games, they're all like that. Because oh, yeah. that's how these companies make more money. Totally. They just sell the one... Like because so the like, I feel like the board game community is only so big, so once everyone owns your game, who do you sell to?
1: Well, so you got to yeah. sell
0: more, sell the same people more stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's that. There's that too. Um, you know, I feel like that's just it. It's too bad that they look at it like almost like movies. It's like, oh, we got a good movie. Let's make like four sequels to it and just keep it going, <laughs> right. right? Because we, we, why break what you know what or what's the expression <laughs> like? It's not broke, don't fix it, kind of thing, right? So, um, right. So, like, you know, why why make something new? You know this this game is popular. This game works. Like, let's just make an expansion. Let's and then and then it goes one why step a further. Why buy second
0: cow when the first one still
1: got milk? Yeah, yeah. Well, then then they go one step further. Let's design a game in which the rules are set up so that we can make expansions for it, right? And that's how it works. That's how that's how everything works these days. That's how video games work these days. It's like, oh, you got to get the DLC. Um, but it's just like I've got so many good games from just like the pre-Disney, pre-modern area. You know, Epic Duels is one of them. Jedi Unleashed is another. It was all in one box. You know, it's like you got your dice, your pieces, your board. That's it. You know, some cards. um, One packet of rules that don't get updated. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) Because there's no internet. Yeah. Really, in the
0: 90s, you just to print the rules any typos are there forever oh, my
1: goodness like i was seeing I, I saw x-wing i mean this is old news now but x-wing has like a 2.0 version to it so not only did they relaunch the exact same game with all the same stuff it's all different rules different cards you got to re you, you got to buy a conversion kit for your old chips if you want to <laughs> play in the 2.0 tournament rule set and then oh, not man. to mention, not to mention every now and again, you have to go to the website and download the new rule book with like new scenarios and new stuff. And I'm like, what <sighs> is this? Like, this okay. is just, it's too complicated, man. Like, what happened to simple board games? You know, and maybe that's why people don't play them anymore. Maybe that's why people who play board games less now... Common. Yeah, maybe that's why the only people that play board games now are, like, the hobbyist board gamers, right? Like, the ones that are willing to invest the time and the money to, like, you know, paint up their figures and, like, do the whole shenanigans. Because that's just the only type of game that's available these days, you know. Otherwise, you know, we're talking about Star Wars games only because there's a lot of great, you know, normal board oh, games yeah. out there. But.
0: I would say, you know, barring, like, Star Wars games and... Yeah, because Lord of the Rings never had a lot of games either, so that's kind of consistent still. Yeah. So really, just these big f- franchises. Barring them, I actually think right now is like the age of board games. Right. So many totally. unique tabletop games coming out. Totally. It's like, why can't Star Wars do that? Exactly. So, like, like what?
1: So, like we. we I think a- it's
0: uh, it's exclusivity because FFG has the license right so it's only games that they put out i think that's the problem yeah and they've need had to that make license
1: it, for too long they've had it ever that's since it. disney acquired the company yeah right
0: that's it i think we're seeing the same issue on both sides here because don't get me wrong i really like ffg games but i do want some variety and i feel like they've had it so long that we're just getting the same thing like you said they're just re-releasing star wars x-wings like yeah. Come on, do do something new, something fresh. I feel like yeah, like experimented with Jedi Fallen Order. And I think that was responded to really well. So I'm hoping that it changes the direction.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. So, you know, here here's hoping that we get some some uh some bright future coming around the corner in which we've got varieties of Star Wars games that do tend to also fit in the canon story as well cuz you know they can they can do it. And uh and then board games, you know, let's let's hope that we keep getting you know or let's hope that we get some new Star Wars board games that are all in the box. You don't need to buy an expansion for it. It's just in the box, ready to go. You know, simple mm-hmm. to play. You know, let's let's do something like that. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Yeah, exactly. All right, man, uh, any um, any last-minute things that you want to bring up before we wrap it up here?
0: Mm, I think it's just exciting seeing things starting to take a, a direction that's very positive here. So um, I think in regards to Bad Batch, I feel like the next episode has got to be a story episode, right? Especially with that twofer. So it's that's be. exciting. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2 is just around the corner. Let's hope that also is released uh, and has a positive uh, response from the community and that they did a, a great job and keep moving in this direction. And hey, you know, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel for this, uh, the dark times of Star Wars gaming we've been living in here. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome. All right, buddy. Well, we will uh, catch you in the next one. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All righty, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into Star Wars Escape all this past week and for celebrating Star Wars Podcast Day with us, 2023. Uh, you know, big, uh, big year. Uh, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff, cool announcements right around the corner for Star Wars celebrations. So, uh, t- keep tuning on, uh, tuning in with us uh, each week on the podcast. Uh, we have got some uh, some good news, some good uh, updates coming your way. Uh, in order for us to keep on top of Star Wars Celebration news when that comes out, when that uh, event hits the internet, uh, we'll be putting on some some uh, some good uh, follow-along activities in the Discord server, so make sure you join that. We got DJ Rex playing tunes, movies, entertainment, whatever, uh, a lot of the time currently in the Discord server right, right now. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which we're uh, now doing YouTube premieres uh, Tuesdays, We're trying to hit Tuesdays at 1 p.m. And uh, yeah, so uh, make sure you drop a five-star, leave a review, Apple Podcasts on uh, Spotify, wherever podcast reviews are found, and we will catch you in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Pod. May the Force be with you.